And we'll get ready to go into the word of the Lord. I just want to take a moment right before we go into the word, uh, to the word of the Lord. And, and just, uh, just I want to apologize to our visitor. I thought I'd seen you before. And so normally uh, we went outside of what we, the way we customarily welcome our guests. We want you to know that we are so happy that you came to be with us today. Church, can we give her a hand for coming to be a part of our family today? So uh, that one is on me, so I'll make sure to make it up to you. And again, thank you so very much for coming uh, to our church today. And we pray that your time with us will be one that will be memorable. Amen? Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Genesis chapter number three while you're standing. And we're going to read a couple of verses this morning. I can have one of the ushers to get me a bottle of water. I appreciate it. Genesis chapter number three. And we're going to start reading in verse number one. Now, we're going to read a few verses this morning. Uh, so I want you to uh, bear with me. Are you there? Amen. Amen. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat, of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. Mm. Verse 13, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust in all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow. 
and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children, and your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded of you, saying, you shall not eat of it, Curse is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Pray with me. Father, we once again, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for the power, Lord God, of your word to change us, to mold us and shape us. Father, we thank you for your word. For it gives us direction in life. It gives us wisdom. It gives us understanding. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word, Father God, will live forever when everything else is destroyed. Your word will stand. And so, Lord, we humbly bow before your word this morning. Because, God, we understand that your word is power. And, God, we are ready to receive what you have for us today. And so, God, we pray this morning that you would open our hearts. Help us to see, God, the problem with temptation. Many of us are tempted to do so many things. The enemy is working overtime to try to lure the people of God outside of your parameters that you've set. But, God, we have come, Lord, to expose the enemy for what he is he is a liar. And Father, we have come, Father God, to rid ourselves of the, attacks, of the attacks of the enemy and, Father God, how he intends on bringing us into bondage. Father, we've come to not only get free, but to stay free. So use my vocal cords, use my mind, use my heart, use me, use this vessel to communicate your truth. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We are in, I believe, the third part of our series, Undress. And we have been talking about uh, relationships, and we've been talking about, more specifically, uh, the issue of sex. And we've been talking there about uh, what God has to say about the subject. And so we have taken a few weeks to undress uh, the truth because we understand that Satan is a liar. Amen? I know Satan is a liar, and he works overtime to deceive us, and he shows us things and images and things that are contrary to what God's Word says. And so what we want to do is we want to get down to the naked truth. Amen? And so that's why we call this series Undressed. So we want to talk this morning about something that we all have to deal with, and that is the issue of temptation. Everybody say temptation. temptation. We want to talk about temptation in the area of sex. 
As you know, it is so very challenging today and so very hard, especially with the uh, progression of the internet, uh, technology, and now you have computers in your hand. Uh, images are all around us, and this whole world system is crafted in such a way that the enemy is always trying to tempt you to sin against God. Amen? The enemy, I mean, how many know that it's in your music? It's in our movies? Come on, somebody. It's in our literature? Our, our literature? Every single place that you can think of, the enemy is, is presenting before us negative ideas about sex. Now, if, just in case you didn't know it, God created sex. Amen? And God meant sex to be a very, very beautiful thing. And it is when it's done God's way. And so, and so we think about this subject of temptation. There's a couple of things that jump out at me, and I hope you can, you can stay with me on this. But, you know, there were great leaders in the Word of God that uh, struggled with this issue of temptation, and they failed. Uh, you remember Solomon, right? Amen. Solomon was considered not only the richest man that ever lived, but the wisest man that ever lived. And when you read the end of his life, the Bible said concerning Solomon that, that, that his heart went away from God. Why? Because he loved many women. And let me tell you, it didn't mean that he was just emotionally attached to them. It meant that he had relations with many women. I think about David, amen, the man after God's own heart who struggled with this issue of temptation. And we all know what happened to David. Think about Samson, a mighty, mighty man of God. I mean, from birth, God had anointed him to be a Nazarite. And Samson himself died in shame because he had a problem with this issue of temptation. Everybody say temptation. temptation. See, the problem with temptation and how the enemy works in us in the area of sex is he always promises us stuff that he can never deliver. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? What the enemy does is he always shows you the picture. He shows you the image. But isn't it amazing that he never, ever tells you the end result of a thing? He never, ever tells you what he never shows you the picture of broken families. People who are dying because of sexual disease. People who have lost jobs and reputations because they gave in to the thing of temptation. How many know the enemy never talks about that? Whenever he tempts you, he always shows you what he wants to show you, and that is he wants to show you this image in order to lure you in. He wants to show you something that is not true. How many know that the Satan is after your life? He's after your life. And that's why this whole system, if you and I don't learn to understand how to deal with temptation, we can find ourselves on the outside looking in. Because how many know this thing is real? Now, to be tempted is not a sin. I remember that there were times in my life when I really struggled, uh, particularly earlier, earlier in my walk with God, where I really, uh, uh, I would get so upset at myself because I would find myself sometimes being tempted, and I hated that. And, and I had to learn over a period of time 
that as Paul said, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. How do you know what I'm talking about? You know, in your flesh dwelleth no good thing. Your flesh is in, at war with God. Your own nature is at war with the Spirit of God. There is a war going on in the inside of you, and Christians that are really serious about walking with God, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know about warfare, then you need to check your salvation. Because when you have been impacted by the power of God, the enemy comes into you. I mean, no, the, the spirit of God comes in and God automatically, you're at conflict with your own nature. And you feel this thing and you hate it. If you're anything like me, you hate it and you learn how to overcome it. But how many know that you can live a life of purity? You can live a life, listen to me, where you do not have to give in to temptation. Now, understand, temptation will come knocking at your door. I promise you, Satan will come. He will tempt you in the area of sex. And if you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm big, I'm bad, it can never get me. You are a prime candidate. The Bible says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he what? false. So, so part of this thing is understanding that the walking in humility and understanding that, 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 that I need to trust God every single day. I mean, every day. God, I pray that you would empower me by your spirit so that I can live a life that is honorable, so that I will not do like everybody else, follow the crowd, and, and say with uh, boldness that, that it's impossible to be this way. Or it's impossible to live a life where you don't succumb to temptation. Or it's impossible to be a virgin in this generation. I'm here to tell you that the devil is a liar. Young people, the devil is a liar. You can be free if you want to be free. You do not have to give in to those urges and those cravings that I know are very, very powerful. That's why Satan works overtime in this area, because it's powerful. How many know that illegal lust and desire is a powerful thing? And that's why you can't even afford to play with it. And so we're going to expose today how Satan, I, and, and, and you know, once we get through this message today, here's what I believe will happen. You will have a newfound uh, respect uh, a newfound love and appreciation uh, for abstinence that you've never had before. When I say abstinence, abstaining from that which God doesn't want. We're going to expose the enemy because I want to say something very, very plainly up front, and, and I hope you understand it because I'm going to be very forceful with this. Satan wants to kill you. He is the spirit of murder. We're going to show you that here in a moment. Everything that Satan does, every, every time when he's tempting you, when he's trying to pull you away from the things of God, he wants to destroy your life. How many know many people's lives have been utterly ruined because they succumbed or succumbed to sexual temptation? So we want to go back to the beginning. 
And I want to show you that Satan has not really changed his tactics. Now, you're, you're sitting here today, you're thinking to yourself, man, that, that was many, many years ago. But when we go back over this, you look at this, we really study it for what it is. Satan has not changed. He is still the same. He is still conniving. He is still lying to people every single day. He keeps lying to us. I mean, we're going to expose him today. We're going to expose him today because I have determined, listen to me, I have determined to live a life of sexual purity. And you've got to determine that. Now, if you're sitting here today and you're hanging in the balance, if you're still thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to, or you need to come to a place where you first got to get your mind right. You got to come into agreement with God and say, this is wrong. When we talk about sexual temptation, we're talking about unholy desires. You know you got unholy desires inside of you, don't you? Unholy desires, those things that fly contrary to what God's word says. Genesis chapter 3, I love this because I love it because I love truth. How many of you love truth? Amen. Jesus says you know the truth and the truth will make you free. Look at this in Genesis chapter number 1. Now, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. There say amen. It says, now, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Now, let's understand something. When he's talking about the serpent, he's not talking about the snake per se. Because some people look at every serpent as a devil. <laughs> he says, the serpent. And we understand, if you go back and read Revelation 12, 9, the serpent he's referring to is Satan himself. Now, why exactly did he choose to use the snake to manifest himself? I don't, we don't really know that, but we know that's what he did. Now, the serpent, everybody say the serpent, which is the devil, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, had God indeed said. Now, stop right there for a moment. Let's, let's, let's deal with that for a moment. Satan loves to try to get us to doubt the word of God. In other words, here's what Satan was saying to Eve. Um, has God really said that? I mean, really, I mean, I know that's what you think, but has God really said that? In other words, here's what Satan was saying to Eve, and it's the same spirit that's working in the earth today. Eve, um, I think you have an interpretation problem. Now, here's what I have discovered. Y'all still with me? Say amen. When people, watch this, when people don't want to acquiesce to the word of God, because I never heard, watch this, I've never heard a person say they have interpreted, how many know that when we talk about, for example, the scripture verse that say God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Nobody ever have an interpretation problem with that, do they? You ever hear anybody arguing about that? But we always have an interpretation problem when the Spirit of God confronts your activity. Now, all of a sudden, we got an interpretation. Oh, everything was fine. We talked about love. We talked about mercy. We talked about grace. But now, all of a sudden, we got an interpretation problem. And it's not an interpretation problem. It's a rebellion problem. I don't want to do that. And so when Satan comes, it's Eve. 
God, God, wait a minute. God didn't really say, you, you know, that verse is really meant for somebody else. You know, one size doesn't fit all Eve. I mean, and, and plus, you know, you know that, that was, the, he's talking about somebody else. That's not you because, you know, Eve, your situation is, is unique. There's no situation like yours on the planet. He was working her overtime. I mean, no, you probably, I would advise you not to have long conversation with the devil anyway. Uh, ain't but one way to deal with him, cast him out. Rebuke the devil. Amen. Amen. So, so Eve, he's, he's, he's bringing doubt. I mean, no, that same spirit is in the earth today. Doubt the word of God. Don't believe the Bible. The Bible is outdated. God didn't really say that. I've discovered this. How many know that Eve knew exactly what God said? Well, let's look at it. Some of you don't, you don't believe me? Look at verse number seven. No, look at verse number Two, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Now, God never said that she couldn't touch it. But for her, that's cool, because if God said don't eat it for me, in my mind, I'm like, I ain't going to even touch it. That's okay. I'm not even going to get anywhere near that. So watch this. Eve knew exactly what God said. How many of you would agree with me that a lot of times we know exactly what God said? But boy, there are sometimes, we, if we're honest, if, if we are truly honest, we will say this, I really don't like what God said. I don't like it. I'm resisting what God said. And here's what Eve, Eve knowing what the Holy Spirit says, she says this. She goes, the devil comes to her, he says, well, look, won't you go ahead and, and pull this thing off? Now, all of a sudden, Satan now is tempting her with the pride of life. Well, Pastor, what do you mean the pride of life? Oh, here it is. Y'all ready? I'm going to drop this on you. The pride of life. How many know there's a spirit in the earth today that people, there's a spirit of antichrist. The Bible refers to it as an antichrist. And essentially what that really simply means is the spirit that says that I'm my own God. I can do whatever I want to do. So here's what Satan said, Eve, Eve, God don't really care about you. How many know he cares about you? How many know that every command God ever gives you, it's because he loves you deeply? Amen. If God got a command in his word that he wants us to do something, don't get mad at God. Don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad because it's love coming at you. Eve understood exactly what was said. And so Satan said, you know what? God is keeping something from you. Boy, it's amazing how you can get locked up in the temptation that all of a sudden you start feeling this kind of like, man, I'm missing out on something. You ever been there when everybody else seemed to be having a good time? When things seem to be, and all of a sudden you look at your own situation like, mm-hmm, and how many know the devil going to work on that? He's going to work in that area. And he said, you can be Eve, your own God. You can do whatever you want, Eve. See, here's, here's the, here lies the problem. Because when you come to Christ, hear me, hear me, hear me with this. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. When we come to Christ, we come to him and we say, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. That's what we should say, right? When it says that we died and gave our life to Jesus, watch this. That means, that simply means that we crucify our flesh. We crucify anything, number one, that's anti-God. 
and we pursue the will of God for our lives. Here's what happened. People come into the kingdom and watch this. And they still treat God as if he's a genie. God, you exist for me. I don't exist for you because, God, I need you to bless my plan because this is what I want to do. Now, I want you to understand how the enemy works. It's, this, it's the pride of life. It's the same spirit. God exists for me. How many know that's not the way it's supposed to be? We exist for the pleasure of God. So whatever God wants, when God invades my life, whatever he wants, here's my response. God, whatever you want to do in me, God, I'm willing to do it. The enemy tempted Eve, and Eve rationalized. She said, oh, you mean that I can, after all, you know, I, that fruit do look good. <laughs> you know, um, after a while, I am a... After all, I am a little hungry. And, you know, and, and God don't mind because God knows I've been having a rough time lately. God doesn't mind if I just indulge just a little bit because I'm only human. She looks. She takes. And from that moment, everything changes. Because she gave in to temptation. She did something God says don't do. Now, now stay with me in this. Y'all stay with me, say amen. Now, now the Bible says this. I want you to understand something. When Adam and Eve ate this fruit, the Bible says in verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open. Hear this. And they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves what? Coverings. So all of a sudden, now they're feeling, they have a feeling of nakedness. Well, why do you feel that way? Because they have left their protection. How many know that when you walk with God, God watches over you? How many of you know when you walk with God, He protects you? When you walk with God, he shields you. And every single time we give in to the temptation of our flesh to sin against God, in particular in the area of sex, here's what we do. We move from underneath his covering, and you know how you feel? Naked, exposed, because you've left your umbrella of protection. Because before, everything was good, right? Everything was good with Adam and Eve. Life, they had everything. All of a sudden, they're on their own now. Why do you say they're on their own? Because I got to find me some fig leaves. I got to try to cover myself. Could you imagine a soldier in the, in, the, in, the, in the battlefield and he has a platoon of people around him that is fighting with him and all of a sudden everybody just left and left that soldier out in the middle of the desert by himself? You might think that soldier might feel a little bit exposed, naked. Where's my protection? Wait a minute. That's what happens. But the enemy does, isn't it amazing how Satan dropped that on them? He paints this picture, and you know what, you know what Satan does? Satan don't come back and explain, well, look, I, I, you know, let, me, let me explain to you what happened. No, I mean, no, Satan, is, he's a master at hit and run. He'll come and tell you false lies, falsehood, and he'll walk away and wash his hand of you like he never had nothing to do with it. And he'll leave you right where you are. Wounded beaten down, frustrated, 
and disgusted. How many know that you can't ever, ever, ever disobey the will of God and expect that life is going to be wonderful? You can't because it catches up with you. How many know God is not mocked? He says, whatsoever man sows, that shall he what? Reap. So Satan is the father of lies. So I said earlier, I made this statement. John 8, 4 to 4, you all know this verse, but I want you to listen to it a little bit more, a little bit more carefully this morning. Jesus talking to the Pharisees, he says, now watch this. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Watch this. He was a murderer from the beginning. What was he talking about from the beginning? All the way back in the garden, Satan has the spirit of murder. How many know that the Bible says that after Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that they would die? How many know that they didn't die right away, but they died? Before sin had entered the picture, there was life. There was no death. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. How many know that even if Satan tells the truth, he's lying? Satan is incapable of telling the truth. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. There is a, Jesus says there is no truth, zero truth in him, none whatsoever. So I want you to understand that when you're warring against temptation, I need you to see this thing. I need you to see the enemy for what he really is. He's a thief and he's a liar and he's after your destiny and your purpose. And let me tell you something. You need to be a person that says, I'm not even going to go there. Watch this. Second Corinthians 11. Go ahead and turn there real quick if you like. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 and 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 14. Watch this. He says, for, search, for such are false apostles. Everybody say false apostles. Y'all know that Satan got some servants. Y'all know that, right? Did y'all also realize that Satan got servants in the church? Mmm. Boy, it got real quiet in here. You know, everybody come to church ain't seeking Jesus. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> That, that didn't just, you know, that wasn't just a revelation for you, right? Uh, people who come to church, they ain't always seeking Jesus. You should be, but not always. It says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Okay? And no wonder, for Satan, watch this, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Now understand how he does. Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. That's how he deceives. That's how he lures us in. He, he shows us things. He, he reveals things to us to lure us away from the purpose of a God. He is he transforms himself into an angel of light. He's a master deceiver. He's a destroyer of people. He uses other people 
to trip us up. He's a master at disguises. And so when people see things, for example, when, you're, when a person is involved in pornography, you see an image, you see an image, you see an image. It's like, wow, and, and that tantalizes the flesh. So how many know that once you continue to feed yourself with that stuff, I will say junk, when you feed your mind with that stuff, when, when you flood your, your heart with that stuff, you got to understand that Satan first started with an image. But he doesn't show you, again, he doesn't show you what it really does to you. One of the things that I've learned when the enemy tries to attack me in this area, I always think quickly, my mind fast forward to all the things that I could lose. <laughs> Every time the enemy tries to tip you, I think about my wife. I think about you. I think about my family. I think about my reputation. Boy, my mind quickly goes to everything. And then I realize, devil, you ain't going to get none of this. I am not going to allow the enemy to do it. So understand that he's a master deceiver. Have me know that when he tells you the grass is greener on the other side, a lot of times it ain't. It's a lie. Don't believe the hype. You know how many people believe the grass is green on the other side? There's a whole lot of folks that believe that. And they come to find out. It may take a year. It may take two years. But eventually you'll discover, no, it's better to obey the will of God always. Hmm. So he transformed himself into an angel of light. Now look at this. So two primary ways that Satan will attack us. Two primary ways. Write this down. Because we want to expose him so that we'll know how to deal with him when he comes. He's going to attack us directly. And he's going to attack us indirectly. He's going to attack us directly and indirectly. Look at Luke chapter 4. Go over to Luke chapter 4 real quick. I want you to see something. Hmm. How many know that Satan came after Jesus? <laughs> you know why he came after Jesus? Because he was anointed. God has set him apart. How many know Satan will come after folks that are walking with God? You need to understand. If you're a Christian today and you're serious about walking with God, understand something right now. Satan is going to come after you. Do you hear me? He's going to come. Look at this, verse number one. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And on those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, everybody say afterward. Hmm. When they had ended, he was hungry. And watch this. And then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Satan attacked Jesus directly. And you know where he attacked him at? At a point of perceived weakness. I know when you haven't eaten for 40 days, you might really be hungry. 
And so when Satan says to Jesus, won't you turn the bread into stone? He was tapping into something there because he knew Jesus had not eaten for 40 days. So Jesus, if you're really who you say you are, won't you go ahead and turn this bread into, turn this stone into bread? And what did Jesus hit him up with? He hit him up with the word. See, here's the thing. You got to know you. What are your weaknesses? See, here's what the devil, here's what a lot of God's people, the Bible said that, that we're supposed to be children of wisdom, amen? So you got to know yourself. What is it that triggered those unholy desires in you? It may be a song. It may be a certain person. It may be places that you might hang out at. It may be the person that you Facebook it that you haven't spoken to in 20 years. I mean, no, Facebook is a good tool, but you better watch yourself. I'm just saying, stay away from the old girlfriends, old boyfriend stuff. I'm just saying, watch yourself. I don't need to know what you've been doing all these years. I hope you've been doing fine. If I see you, I'll bless you. But I ain't trying to look up and find out where my old girlfriends are. Somebody say amen. It got quiet in here. <laughs> watch, watch it. Because why do we want to flirt with that? How many know we don't want to play with that? You know, if you're, if you're married, anyway, you ain't got no business flirting with nobody in Jesus' name. Look at the neighbor and say, watch yourself. See, watch this. See, and see, watch this. And so you got to know yourself. What is it about you? What causes you to stumble? What person causes you to stumble? What song? There are certain songs. When I first got, it was a certain song I just had to cut off because it made me go back to, I'm just saying. Well, Pastor, here you go again messing with my music. I ain't messing with your music. I'm messing with your life. Sometimes you got to be wise and say there's some stuff you just got to leave alone. Not because it ain't, it's, it ain't whether or not it's a sin issue, it's a life issue. I don't want to be trapped up into something that I'll, find, I'll later regret. So I'm just going to give you some wisdom. Don't play with fire. You heard me say that over and over again. You will get burned. Satan, watch this, so he attacked Jesus, when he thought he was weak. Understand this, he's going to attack you at your point of weakness. He's going to attack you when you're mad at your spouse. Mm. He's going to attack you when you ain't been getting no love from your spouse. Mm. He's going to attack you when you're angry about something or somebody. He's going to attack. He's going to, he's going to attack you when you are at your weakest point. When you are vulnerable, that's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, watch this, church, that he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I want you to understand something. Satan is paying attention. If you think that he don't know, let me tell you something. We, we always got, listen, we, every day we got to put on the full armor of God. Every single, because the devil got some stuff. Uh, listen to me. You got to be prepared for these devils out here. They are coming from every which way. And the enemy knows it. And he's counting on the fact that we won't be spiritually in tune enough to be able to discern what he's trying to do. 
So what's your point of weakness? What areas are you vulnerable in the area of sex? Then here's what you do. Guard yourself. Cut it off. Sometimes you might have to cut certain people off. Amen? I know it sounds a little harsh, but there are some folks that just ain't good for you. You can love them in Jesus from afar. That's wisdom right there. Some people, because they're just not good for your, listen, they're, 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 they're just in your life to call, listen, listen to me, because if you don't watch it, Satan will use them to pull you down. You got to be wiser than that, church. We got to be wise. Certain people, I would just, I said, run, I would, there are certain people I will never run with. I would say, how do you, I'll even pray with you, but I'm going to go home. Well, you can go home. And I'll believe God for you. But I can't do that. I can't, I can't hang with you like that. I can't talk to you like that. You figure out you. Look at the neighbor and say, know yourself. Know yourself. Know yourself. Satan thought he can get Jesus. And here, here's what you do when you're tired. Here's what I've learned. When you find yourself at a point when you're tired, because usually a lot of people get in trouble when they get tired. Say amen. You get in terror. Boy, you get in trouble. I'm not just talking physically, but emotionally. You can get in trouble. But, you, but here's, here's the key. Stay connected to the word of God. Jesus kept hitting them. I didn't know Jesus was tired after 40 days. He was still, listen, he still had flesh to deal with just like you and I. He was tempted in all points just like you and I. He still had to walk this thing out. And you know what he did? Every time Satan hit him up, he just kept talking about the word. You know what that meant? When you find yourself feeling weak, and want to give in the temptation, grab your Bible, read it, go to church, talk. Say, why are you calling me sister at 3 o'clock in the morning? Because I need some help. Pray with me, please. You got to get, come on, you got to get radical about this demon. Say, brother, say, I need you right now because I'm feeling some stuff I don't like. I'm about to get in trouble. Help. How many know we got to support one another that way? Because we got to help each other stay free so that we can live a life that pleases God. Second way Satan attacks us, watch this, is indirectly. That's when he uses another person. I don't have time to turn there, but you remember the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. Just write it down because I don't have time to read it. Uh, Genesis chapter 39, verses 7 through 12. If you've got the verses, maybe you can put it up. you got the verses? Uh, I may have not given you that verse. But I want you to read that verse because it's, it's, it's dealing with, how many know the Potiphar, uh, how, how many know the story of, of, of Potiphar's wife and Joseph? You remember Joseph? Amen. The man who became the second in command, the, the brother that was abused by his own brothers. His own brothers threw him in a pit and sold him off. And Joseph ended up being thrown in jail. Joseph ended up going through some stuff that most Christians would just <laughs> give up. And the Bible talks about, and you read the account, Potiphar's wife, she, the Bible says that she laid eyes on him. Now, I want you to understand something. How do you know that she don't just lay eyes on him? Joseph was anointed by God. Why y'all laughing? I'm preaching. Y'all ain't supposed to laugh when I'm preaching. Joseph was anointed by God, right? How I many know God's hand was on Joseph 
Joseph started having dreams and visions, and people couldn't handle, everybody can't handle your dreams and your visions, amen? But Joseph kept having these dreams and these visions, and he said, one day, I'm going to rule over y'all. Brother said, oh, wait a minute. Got mad at him, got jealous. And Joseph's life was this series of obstacles. But how do we know that God's hand was on him? The Bible said everywhere that Joseph went, he prospered. Even when Joseph went to jail, he was the head man in the jail. Joseph was blessed because God was with him. How do we know that when you walk with God, no matter what you go through, you've God before you, nothing can be against you and succeed. <laughs> how do you know that Joseph was blessed? So God had this high, think about what God had planned for Joseph. Joseph, did, could you imagine? Joseph saw this dream and his vision, but man, could you Joseph is going to be the second in command of all of Egypt. How do you know that it was just not a happenstance that Potiphar's wife laid eyes on him? And the Bible says, you go back and read the scripture, the scripture says that she pressed the old boy day by day. Lie with me. Lie with me. Come on, boy. Come on, Joseph. Lie with me. Joseph said one thing. I know, jo, this is so powerful. Joseph I cannot do this thing and sin against God. He said, I can't. He said, I, you look good and all of that. I'm just paraphrasing here. It may sound good. It may be good. But I know in the end it will not be good. So Brother Joseph ran. Watch this. You think that Satan might have used Potiphar's wife to get the man that God had his hand on? You might think that God, if God has anointed you, and I, you better believe you're anointed by God, God has a plan for you. Do you not think that, that Satan will send people into your path to lure you into something that will disrupt your whole purpose? Oh, God, people, listen to me. Listen to me. If you're tempted this morning, don't do it. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. No matter what it says, listen, don't fornicate, don't commit adultery, don't play. Listen to me. Because nothing good can come of it. Nothing. You hear me? Satan, listen, if you want to be, how I many you want to be used by God? I mean, you want to be used by God. You want to be, then watch this. Then watch, rid yourself. Do what you got to do. Now, she ended up accusing Joseph of rape. And Joseph got thrown into prison, but God delivered him from there too. How many know that when you walk with God, you can never go wrong? God will always cover you. Even when everybody else got it all wrong, God will cover you. So here's what, here's what we got to do. We got to be people that understand that to give in to sexual temptation is a flirt with my destiny. It's a flirt with my divine purpose. It's a flirt with my calling, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. How many know God got a plan? And how many know Satan will send people, he will send Mr. Atlas, back in the day we used to call him Mr. Atlas. I don't know what y'all call him nowadays. He will send Miss America, and you think, oh man, I still got it. You ain't got nothing. The devil tricking you. It's all a trick. You don't have anything. What you need to understand is, you don't, all you need to know is that God is with you, and God got it. It ain't whether or not you got it. Listen to me. 
Don't, don't believe the hype. When the devil sent somebody away and said, you still got it. Don't believe the hype. I'm talking about illegal desires. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I say illegal desires. How many of we got to be wiser than that? All right, so we're closing. James 1, verses 12 and 15 says this. James 1. God is helping us today. God is helping us today. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Everybody say endures. Which means you're going to be tempted, right? We already established that. He said, blessed is the man who endures. So watch this. So when you're tempted in the area of sex, God says that if you endure it, watch this, you're going to be blessed. Isn't that good? Y'all not, not, somebody not praying with me. He said, blessed is the man who endures. I don't know about you. I want to live a blessed life. I won't mind. I mean, I I don't mean no offense, but I'm not being, I'm a little selfish when it comes to my blessing. You know, you know, you ought to be a little bit like that too. I won't mind. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. So yes, pastor, it's hard. I know. I know we're up again. I know it's challenging, but with Christ, all things are possible. He said, if you endure it, you're going to be blessed. For when he has been approved, I'm sorry, for when, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. How do we know God ain't going to tempt you to commit sexual immorality? I know God, God doesn't tempt people with evil. God doesn't do that. My God is holy. Come on, somebody. He's a righteous God. He does not tempt that. I mean, the Bible says this, watch it. It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. See, this is what I mean when I said earlier that we got to look at what, 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 what kind of desires I got inside of me. See, everybody is, is tempted by their own lust and their own desires. How do you know God has nothing to do with that? So we have to control that thing. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Last verse and we're done. Look at this. This is a great way to end. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. How many of you have ever felt like your situation is the only situation on the planet? The Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. It's been been done in some way. People dress it up. They make it look a little different. They might put a little bit different cologne or perfume on it, but it's still the same thing. (laughs) He said, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But I like this. But God is faithful. Come on, church. God is faithful. This is why we got to stay with him. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation, here it is, 
will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, um, I want you to think of it this way. Uh, usually, every building that is built in America and in most places in this country, you have, they have these uh, fire codes, right? They have like escape, especially if it's an apartment building or something like that, a business location. They have these little signs that says what? Exits. And, uh, and they're there because if there happened to be a fire, something goes wrong, what are you supposed to do? You better leave. Take the fire escape. Run. Quick. Here's what God says. Every time you are tempted to sin against God sexually, hear me, are you listening? Say amen. I need everybody to be listening right now. Everybody listen. Every time you're tempted to sin against God, based on what he just said in his word, in the area of sex, watch this. He said there is a fire escape. But you know, when you're in a house, when the house is burning, or you're in a building and the building is burning, one of the first things you should be looking for is what? An escape. God says, with every temptation that you're confronted with, there's a way out of it. When you're sitting there in the middle of the night being tempted, God will usually give you a way of escape. There's a moment, there's a window when God will say, now, do it, take it. But guess what? God can't force you and I to take the escape. Unfortunately, too many, even of God's people, stay in the building. How many know when you stay in the building, what's going to happen to you? I thank God. God is, the Bible says God is faithful, so God is not going to allow me to be tempted above that which I cannot handle, but with every temptation, he's going to give me a way to escape. I don't know what your escape might, your, your escape might be different than mine. Your escape might be a whole lot, I mean, you know, like we said, you got, your escape might be that, hey, you know what, I need to get off the internet for a while. That might be your escape. Your escape might be cancel cable TV. That might be your escape. Get rid of HBO. That might be your escape. As we said earlier, your escape might be don't, don't hang out with this person. Don't communicate with it. That's, you follow what I'm saying? It's your way of escape. Everybody got it. If you're tempted in this area of sin, watch this. Watch this. Every single time, if you look up and say, God, where's the escape? I bet you God will show it to you. I promise. I promise. If you say, God, where's my escape route? I bet you. I bet you God will show it to you. And he'll say, here it is. It's going to be big, bright, and red. And here's what you do. Take it. Take the way of escape. And watch this. And stay free. You're going to be tempted. Don't ask yourself in here today. Don't think, oh, man, I'm not going to. No, it's coming your way. I know you're all of that. I know you got it all together. I know you walk on water and all of that. But Satan will tempt you because he will wait and he is a patient devil. I hate to say that, but Satan is more patient than a lot of Christians are. And that's supposed to be a fruit of the spirit. He'll wait for you for five, six, seven years. He'll wait. He'll let you wallow in, in sexual sin for years and at the right time he'll crush you. He'll crush you because he's a murderer. <laughs> 
He's a murderer. You butter. He's a murderer and ain't nothing good's going to come out of it. I don't care. Listen, I don't care what they say on TV. I started to name some stars, but I don't want to do that. Because this tape might land in one of their hands one day. I believe by faith. You never know, but 120 things that might happen. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to name names, but, but I don't care what they say. You want to get your cues from this. Deal with your temptation. Overcome it. Override it. You know how Satan works now. Guard yourself. You're armed for battle. Don't succumb to it. Not one iota. Tell yourself, first point, I'm going to change my mind and think like God on this issue. I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. If your mind is not made up ahead of time, you're going to do it. More than likely. If you're sitting there thinking, I don't know, I'm, I might, I just see how it goes. I, I don't know, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just see, I'll, I'll deal with that when I come to it. Oh, the devil loves you. Oh, boy, you. Oh, I just wait. I, I, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. We'll see what the Lord says. What did he say to you? He already said it. We can be free, amen? Every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you listen to this message, this was a message of life. But the most important life is a life that has been surrendered to Christ. If you're here this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus, you've heard the word, maybe you've been convicted in some way, maybe you realize that you've been living a life of unpurity, that you've been fornicating, committing adultery, whatever the case might be, and you never have surrendered your life to Christ, and today you heard a word and you realize that you need to make some changes. The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If you're listening this morning, if you're listening this morning, church, if anybody under the sound of my voice, if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him today. Because there's no greater decision that a person can make than to give their life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm afraid. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I, I'm hoping that I go to heaven. I'm not really sure. I, I think I might go to heaven. I, in fact, I grew up in church and and, you know, and, and I knew some people and, I, you know, I, I even participated in church. But, but, Pastor, I can't really say for certain that I've ever surrendered my life to Jesus. If that's you today, and you know if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, just slip your hands up today. I just want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus today. Give it over to him. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not just talking about a head knowledge. I'm talking about a heart that has been surrendered to Christ. Is there one who say, I haven't given my life to Jesus, and I'm ready to make that choice today? Maybe you're a believer and you're sitting here today, and the Holy Spirit has convicted you. And maybe you've given up some territory to the enemy. Perhaps you've given up some ground. And, and perhaps you bought the lie. And you haven't been faithful 
in the area of sexual purity. How many know God wants to heal you, amen? I'll just open the floor. If anybody want to come and say, Pastor, I just need prayer. I don't want to know what it is. That's between you and God. But I don't want to get in the way of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. And if you're convicted in your soul, this is between you and God. The altar is simply the place where we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. It's when we make confession to God. If you're here this morning, you had some areas, some problems in the area of sex. You've given up territory. Maybe you're involved in some relationship. Maybe you're living with a person you're not married to. Maybe you're involved in watching pornography and you feel like I'm just, I'm hooked. I can't get free. Whatever the case might be, I want to give you an opportunity today to come up to the altar today. Nobody's going to ask you what it is. I want to give you an opportunity to come and get free today. Get free today. Know that love is here for you. Know that Jesus loves you today. I want to give you an opportunity to come to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to your people, God. Speak to us. Father, I just pray right now over this congregation. God, I just say, Lord, forgive us as a people, Lord, as a church, as your body, Lord, for the times that we have not been consistent, for the times when we have broke covenant, first of all, with you. God, whether we got involved or whether we flirted with the activity or whether we got emotionally tied to something, God, that we knew were outside of your will. God, I pray that you would forgive us. If you're sitting here this morning, just take a moment. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, just, just ask God to help you, to forgive you. And God, the power of God is there to restore, to heal, and forgive Father, we love you so much. And God, it's our intention on glorifying you with our bodies. And God, I pray that every person who is here will be given a renewed grace and power to resist sexual temptation, to resist the lure and the pull of the world. God, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. This pull is very powerful, but we read in your word, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God, I pray that this people will be a people of purity of heart, soul, and mind. And that God, that not only that, but even within the church abroad, that you would bring the church to a place where we will live out these principles, Lord, and be made whole and be made free. God, I thank you, Father God, for not only setting us free, but keeping us free. God, we see the enemy 
I pray for every person that gets attacked by the enemy, that God, that you allow them to see it for what it really is. God, help us to see truth. Truth, God. Don't let your people walk in darkness. But God, let the light of the glory of the gospel shine on us in every situation. And God, one day we'll be able to say, it is well with our souls. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. And all God's people said amen. Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise.